Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. John, no, he is already burning things down. Let's see if he gets through the end of the show and is still alive. Welcome to Pottercast number 146. Come on. Hello. Burn an artichoke of all darn things to burn. No, let's let's be clear. You were boiling artichokes and somehow you managed to burn them. That's an accomplishment. Now come now. Artichokes soak up the water and I even had a lid on too. Uh, you know what? Uh, Rachel Ray I'm gonna put, is going to get I'm going to put you. that picture online. You guys, you know, I'll own it. That was stupid of me, but I will own it and you can see all the right. picture. Well, welcome to Pottercast 146. I'm here again with the, the, the now full Pottercast quartet. I'm Melissa <laughs> here with John, Sue, and the lovely Frack who has slipped into this little group here like a glove or well, something. thank you very much. Say hi, Frack. Hi. Where you at, John? He's from the past. I'm from the past. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we, before we go further into this week's show, which is a great one, let's hear from our friends at notaudible.com, audiblekids.com. Really? Oh, my. Kids. This podcast is brought to you by audiblekids.com, the Internet's leading source for children's audiobooks. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblekids.com slash pottercast for more details. All right. This week's show, we have what? We have a bit by bit, a Scribby 5, a Canon Conundrums, yes. a Phoenix Files. Mm-hmm, a Phoenix Files, Ooh, I don't sure. know. I'm asking. Yes. Phoenix, Phoenix Files and bit by bit. No Canon right, Conundrums? Susie? No Canon Conundrums for sure. Oh, I want to do a can of conundrums. I guess we can maybe do a can of conundrums we if got, you'd like. We just got to keep our discussion tailored before we. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Sue decide because well, she was the good lady who yes. prepared the notes this week. Because I fail. Well, oh. and I fail too. I think we should do it in honor of our recent staff member, was just here. Oh, our dear departed Sybil. Yes. Oh right, yeah. What happened? Did she die? <laughs> no, John. We <laughs> fired oh. her. She was, she was drinking oh, on the right. job. Oh, she we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> There's only a few all people on staff can hear who can get away in with the that. Background. Yeah, only Dumbledore allows that stuff. I run a tighter ship. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had to get rid of her. Yeah. So yeah, so let's do a kind of conundrums about what house she might have been in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Sure. Sounds fun. Continuing cool. the sorting series. Okay. And guess what? All you people, we might even have a little announcement about the acting group at the end of the show. <gasps> well, I think we really should. Except for the part because we've been forgetting about it for weeks for some ridiculous reason. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Yes. All right, Sue. So what's in the news this week? Well, we 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 keep hearing more from Miss Joe. This one is another. Um, back in February, Miss Joe. Oh, more better known to as J.K. Rowling, I should say. She had appeared at the James Joyce Awards over in Dublin, Ireland. Someone had attended the event, but we weren't able able to get a transcript. And now someone, we have a transcript. of. She took a lot of questions. And Joe uh, said that she talked about the importance of Snape and Dumbledore to the series. And that, and this is, I found this really, really interesting. But she said that the series is based around their two plot lines. What do you think about Hmm. that? Oh, that was really makes sense. And then she continued on to say too that the plot lines of Dumbledore and Snape and um, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows were actually they're the two most important characters ex- aside from the trio. And I thought that was really interesting when you reflect back that that's what she was thinking. So she developed their plot lines right away. So was Harry a pawn in the histories and foibles and mistakes of Dumbledore and Snape? I I think that's why she she's looking at it. Whether she's it's a pawn, I don't know if pawn's the right term, but I think yeah. he's subject to him and he's cleaning up their mess. Or yeah, you know, yeah. poor Harry. But you know, everybody else screws up. You know, that's why I was really f- happy with the epilogue because it was nice. Like you know what, Harry had such a screwed up life, his exactly. whole life. It's nice that he can settle down into some quote unquote monotony of just being a regular family. Exactly. But it's really true. I mean, you could you could look at as a story as Snape's journey, you know, because Her- what Harry went through, although is is his journey, what his adventures were were actually the cause or the result of the actions of Dumbledore and Snape. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like you know how Frodo's journey was reaction, you know, kind of 
like, and yeah, you know, it's yeah, a good example. Well, something that I want to ask her next time is, is I was talking with Andrew Slack today from the HP Alliance. We were talking <laughs> Andrew about, Slack. yeah, just Slack. we were talking about, um, Dumbledore and, and I mean, about Harry and how 19 years later we saw that he had a normal life. He, mm-hmm. he had a great life with Ginny and three wonderful kids, but there had to have been moments when he, after the battle that were really hard for him. Oh, and I'm curious, just post-traumatic stress alone. Jeez. Oh, right, right. You yeah. know, what he'd gone through. And I, I'm curious to, to what Joe has imagined about about how they how they get to the pure happy point that they were at in the epilogue. I've always wondered if he, he his personality was changed in any dramatic way to think he's lived his whole life with this little piece of Voldemort inside of him, if it had any influence on who he was. And it with its absence if it changed him into a different sort of person i don't know because i think the in like the fifth book is when uh harry everyone noticed that harry's all like emo and really whiny in the fifth book and that's one of the books where voldemort's soul was was most aggressive in him and so i mm-hmm. think that would be indicative of that he was who he was and then when voldemort's soul became more active in him it kind of it did alter him a little bit but now with that gone i think he'll just settle back to what he was when he was younger you know, for me, the, for me, the the part that I wonder was about is how he resolved his emotions towards Snape. I mean, we were just talking about the influence yeah. of plot lines. Here's Harry had gone all these years hating this man. I mean, you, you had that moment when you understood what he had done when we, they saw the pensive, his pensive and all that. But how do you come to resolution with all those lingering emotions? I just think that must just have been really. I mean, obviously, he named one of his children. That's a good point. Did he? Did he name? Was it was one of his children, right? Albus Severus. Yeah. 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 The one that had Lily's eyes. Yeah. I just thought that was really that that, that oh that's a good topic. We had a good conversation, Melissa, with with Andrew about that. Yeah, yeah. Andrew and I he tends to call for like two seconds, and it's three hours later when we yeah. both realize that yeah. you know we've been talking about the epilogue for twenty five thousand minutes. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm interested. It just it springs all these other questions that. Uh, she needs to come back. I know. <laughs> Do it, Joe. Come on. Anytime. Oh, this is one more thing. Um, when she, I'm still in that story of the tr- transcript from her in uh, Dublin. She also said that she was said she never really heard any of the actors when she was writing the book except for Ivana Lynch. She heard the voice of Ivana as Luna when she was writing Deathly yeah. Hallows. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. I thought that was neat. You know? Yeah. She, I mean, she, she is Luna. There's no... It's freaky. Well, I've always said that too because I have all the actors and characters are my. I have my own versions in my head, but for some reason, Ivana and Luna are like, like yeah. it's so right on <laughs> that it just it just like they they kind of lift like they just kind of change. The only person I I have like that I think is Rupert. Rupert. I don't know why. Oh, Rupert. Well, I see. I see Rupert very much like my my book around in my head, but nobody else. Hmm. Hmm. My Ron's a little taller. Banglier. Yeah. All right. What else is going on, Masseuse? Speaking of Rupert, he was just on a, a talk show. It was actually kind of an amusing show. It's called so-called Al Murray's Happy Hour Show. And he said that, again, he, he Ron Weasley is going to be doing Quidditch in Hapla Prince. So I know that we don't. He is? Yes. Nice. Yes. And he's been filming this scene. So. I mean, I knew that. Yeah. I mean, we knew that. But it's just always nice to hear when, just when he mentions <laughs> it, you know, just you kind of get that little thrill like, yes, Weasley is our king. Nice cover, Freck. Huh? Nice cover, yeah. Freck. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> way to point it out, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, um, no free passes on this show. <laughs> um, we haven't seen Quidditch since movie three. No, and it wasn't. Correct? It wasn't really. It was that, like you know, when the Grim was up in the air, right? And, you know, and then they fell off. And then wasn't that the famous Memento Arrestum or whatever that was? One of John's um. favorite scenes. Something is falling. Sorry. Splat. Yeah. <laughs> Splat. <clears throat> so, yeah, that'll be yeah. exciting to have that in there. Yeah. You know. Ron's doing Quidditch. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Um, uh, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter keeps news kind of that keeps trickling out. We got a really pretty good scoop that they're starting the auditions for the um, people who will be playing um, like through nice. the park, there'll be there'll be characters walking through the park, and this is kind of neat. The person said that they what they're going to be doing is they're going to have like 
duels. So like in certain spots throughout the um, park, they're <laughs> going to be sweet. like preset things. So when they duel each other, they'll have, expe- you know, explosion effects and stuff. So it'll be preset. That is so cool. Isn't it great? That's amazing. I'm like, yes. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Like, it's yeah. real choreographed. Yeah. That's like going to have in- like a random person get hit by an AK and just lay there for the rest of the show. Oh no. no! That'd be fun. They were, you know, they of course plan on having Dollish there to, you know, make sure everybody's, you know, uh-huh. dueling properly. And I hear that, that Dollish and Grubbly Plank are going to duel. Ooh, that would be fun because see, I I I get the automatic casting. Uh, You're doing both parts as, as the namesake. You're going to do both. I, I I can't do both as long if they're in the same place. I, I can't want- be there at the same time, but. One or the other, I I have free reign to take either character. I want to petition Joe to use her her pull to give some people like golden passes. <laughs> so yeah. I want I want to I want to brazenly use our whatever foe status our, our is cloud. in society to, yeah. to get on the rides first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh. come on. We could do a podcast on a ride. Oh, yeah. Cause exactly. Yes. The only time ever that I will openly try to abuse this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, that's shameless. That's like John. <laughs> well, hell, all of us already, you know, we'll go to Disneyland and, and try to kill the basilisk on the Indiana Jones ride. We I mean, do. Just, we, we just need, we need our Harry Potter rides like ASAP. Every time I go by that snake, I'm always like, where's my rooster? <laughs> It'd be so fun. Because <laughs> the one, the report said, too, that they're going to make a ride through Gringotts that's based on the rails through the bank. So you could. It guys- has to be. You have <laughs> to have the Gringotts Goblin Coaster. That would just be so fun. I can see you up there, Melissa, trying to bat off John's. You can go. I'm there. You know? Be awesome. It's, it's like it's like in Disneyland when, like Frack was just saying, we went on it and we all started singing the Harry and the Potter song. Yeah. Um. Uh, save Ginny Weasley from the Basilisk because as you go yes. through the Indiana Jones ride, yeah. it is so very much the Chamber of Secrets. It's, it's so cool it's it's with, with vehicles and bridges and skulls. And I have not been on that ride. Is it really like that? Oh, that would be fun. It really is. Yeah. Very cool. That's crazy. There's one more and thing about this. B-A and HC. <laughs> All right, what's up, what's up, Susan? Uh, I wanted to say, this is one thing I didn't know. It said there's going to be a stage show, too, that comes from the Goblet of Fire scene in the graveyard. Uh, and I, what? I know. And I thought, uh, she had never actually authorized performances, right, before? Is that oh. right? So, that's right. Well, all bets are off for this thing. So, that's... Wait, wait. From the, what, the graveyard scene? Mm-hmm. Ooh, we get to see Voldemort come back? Well... And do that creepy spell? Well, Isn't that scary for kids? I, I would yeah, I think like so. I don't like spell, like cutting up Harry. Like, let's put his blood in this cauldron. <laughs> no. Yeah, of all things to reenact on a daily basis, that? Well, yeah. You... Watching Wormtail get his hand cut off? But maybe it's it's Harry beating him. Yeah. You know? Probably oh, doing God, the duel. Just, Word. You know, getting back. But I keep remembering that old yeah. rumor. Remember how the one about, you know, there's going to be Harry Potter the musical, you know? That they want to do this, and then you get this, and you think, well, maybe someday in our lifetimes they'll actually start doing these kind of crazy performances. I don't know. I thought that was kind yeah. of interesting. It sounds like it's going to be an amazing. I just keep thinking back to that meeting that they showed us from the documentary. Oh right, um, that Joe was in, mm-hmm. and the, in the meeting, the guy was talking about how you're going to have certain areas where only in, if you stand in that specific spot will you hear voices and stuff. Yeah. They're That's trying cool. to do use technology to do all, all this magic stuff. So I, th- I think it's going to be great. Um, our Miss Joe is amazing too. I just want to make quick mention she's doing a um, she's contributing to a book for Prince Charles. He's turning sixty this year, and so I think that's really neat that you know here's Joe doing all these amazing contributions. I guess it's going to celebrate his life or something. I'm not really sure, but it's kind of a cool thing. Cool. And, and uh, Dan Ratcliffe, friends, pay attention to the calendar, April twenty second. The um, DVD comes out for that My Boy Jack. We've had so many requests about that. It's going to be on PBS to like two days before too that movie. But um, we have a whole bunch of new clips from that movie in our galleries, so it should be neat. Neat. Awesome. He's actually. You know, I was really surprised. You know, I mean, it's already aired in the UK and everybody's already seen. It. I think maybe parts of Canada too, but I'm not really sure. But yeah, I was really surprised at the maturity he is exhibited. I guess you know, in Equus, clearly he's a little bit more mature. But I don't know. That was a good part. It seemed interesting. So that's all I, I got. That's all I got for you right now. All right, Sus. Yeah. Sounds good to good me. Good news. What are we doing now? What, 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 what do you want to do first? Do mm, let's bust into um, maybe the Phoenix Files. Okay. Sounds good to me. Right. Got to save Kitty Weasley from the Basilisk. We've got to save the 
And we're back with Phoenix Files, and we left off at the return of Hagrid slash the mass escape from Azkaban. Slash? Uh-huh. Ooh. What? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. That's, that Just be being ornery, weird. sorry. <laughs> wow. Way to go, Melissa. Usually it's John. Usually it's John, but it's you this week. The no. But... no. I'm all flustered. I burnt an artichoke. <laughs> we can repair so it flustered. after the show, John. Can I just I say that I, for the first time ever, I, I'm so sorry, Joe. I think that they did this better in the movies than it was in the books. <gasps> the explanation of the giant thing. Explanation of what? The giant of Hagrid's it was, giant oh, thing. How dare you? Oh, it's I was... like this whole huge chapter, and the whole time I'm reading it, I'm thinking, okay, I'm reading this for a reason. I'm reading all this stuff that happened for a reason because it's going to be a big deal. Because it's fun. Back, and then it just wasn't. That's interesting. It was nice. I think it was a nice way it's to like discuss giant story. culture and then like yeah. the dynamics of the know. giants, but. It's nice to hear, but. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could call it maybe it would have been a better entry in the encyclopedia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but it's still interesting. Oh yeah, it's giants. But I'm just thinking, like the whole it time, like it's a... got to have some big plot significance for her to take this much yeah. time. You know, it was a bit of a departure from yeah. uh, the, the main story, and I don't remember how hardly any of it. <laughs> the book, like something about like didn't Hagrid bring them like fire well, or something? Yeah, Brathian Reef. Brathian Reef. Yeah. Well, wasn't it kind of too though? We were kind of hoping though for the. Um, and a yeah. Maxine yeah. kind of she hybrid kind of, kind of thing going on. She did just vanish. Where was she in the battle? Loser. She, hiding up in Beaubaton. Beaubaton. We're French. We don't fight. No. Oh, that was horrible. I didn't mean that. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, poor Hagrid, though. <laughs> Send your letters to <laughs> the that out. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, yeah. Speaking of French, I've heard, I've gotten a couple of emails. No way, pal. This is you get a Italian. They're cream puffs, guys. Profiteros oh. are cream puffs. They might have started in France. I know them as Italian because it's the same name in Italian. They're cream puffs. Just how FYI. dare you confuse the countries? How dare well, I? I suck. Yeah, you do. Fail at life. So, okay, can we talk about this movie thing? Because I kind of actually like the physical, like the, from a filmmaker's point of view. Oh, it's beautiful. Some of the shot work that's going Which on sequence? during this sequence, even though it's kind of like, it's when Harry, you know, the cast, the mysterious <laughs> yeah, changing yeah. Hagrid's hut that changes like every time. It's the hut of requirement. <laughs> you know, I mean, they shoot that view. Yeah, the hut of requirement. Uh, it's true. Ooh, good one. Nice. Good one. Um you know, we saw we saw we had a feature on our uh, from one of the companies. I believe it was Rising Sun. They they showed how they blue screened that. Actually, you know, they sh- first they go out and they shoot in that beautiful part of Scotland, just gorgeous scenery, and then they actually blue screened that and put that mysterious hut that's somewhere. In- no, I was just saying it's a really good feature, and we still have it. So I think cool. somewhere. The first time I ever went to the set, they, uh, they were filming in the Hagrid's hut for the third film, and it was right right in mm-hmm. the hangar, the the whole hut. And they were filming in this tiny little, you know, this tiny little space. And the background was a picture, was a, a giant, huge resolution blow up picture. Just made you think, you know, Whoa. it's funny, you know, and Mr. Frank, this is part of to you. So they, you know how they shoot the perspective things and try and make, you know, um, I know Robbie Coltrane uh-huh. you know, wears, he's like on stilts. <gasps> You know, then they shoot that shot perspective manipulation and all that kind of thing to make it look. But those mugs that sit on the table and the trios have cop are they not? Yeah, they are from, from our cafe Central that Park. we just know we and love. I'm uh, just saying. Al ordered uh, in because Hagrid <laughs> is a closet Friends fan. Nice. I could see that. And so it's good that you noticed that. that because I've seen. If you look carefully in the background, you can actually see a Central Perk T-shirt. That he uses as a hand towel because it's too small for him. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but it's 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 so funny though because as soon as I look at it, you know, because they're that little trio, their own little friends, group of friends, oh, and I saw those mugs so and I just cracked panic. up and I saw oh, that. I, thought, I wondered if there was a little one bit cup of, humor. of coffee from those mugs. Jeez, man, <laughs> we've been to the Central Park with Frankie. That's right, we have. We we have pictures of that. Yes, somewhere. we that, have. That was, that was how I met you guys. 
we do have pictures. That was no, the first it's not how Frankie. I met you. No, I mean that's what I met. That's when I met Sue and John for the first time. Ah, okay. I, in person. I met Frack when I went on tour with the yeah. first Scholastic. Oh, that's right. What? Yeah, way back. Oh, oh six. that's right. Yeah, Whoa. and that's I. Frack showed up in line at the Los Angeles podcast. And then you you jumped over the table and gave me a hug, and I felt special. I did. Aw. Because he had done the I will pants you now thing. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, wow. Imagine if I, I almost didn't draw that either. Like, I got home from work, and I was tired, and I was, I was having a difficult time drawing Harry, and I almost said, like, forget it. But I, I stood up late, and I did it. And so I'm, I'm so glad I did. Yeah. I was, I was telling him that's exactly how I got started on Leaky 2. I was just staying up one night and fussing around on the computer, and... Good thing I did. Yeah. Oh, well. I think that's how everybody ends up on Leaky. Pretty they much. Just... Something to do with busting around late at night. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, that, so this movie, I, this part I thought was nice. First, they show that beautiful, those beautiful models that Cinecide makes of the Hogwarts, and then we show this this hut. and But then we go to, we have the tail of the giants, but then we get this line that Hagrid, and they used this in the trailer, and everyone what, what was, was like, it? what? It's strange and out there, Harry. You know, Hagrid goes, it's a strange and out there, Harry, oh. just like the last time. There's <laughs> a big storm coming. You know, I mean, that was just so dramatic. Hagrid you know, that the prophet, just... suddenly he's a king of di- divination. Uh, he's like, I can feel it, it on my knees. Was I have just... arthritis and dark <laughs> exactly. magic's coming. My knees are so I big, I can, I can feel it a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel that in my knees. Anyway. You, you you can feel weather in your knees, Melissa? I, I can because I have bad you knees. Know? I have a, an adolescent disorder in my knees. And so <sighs> when it's going to rain, my knees tweak. It's like a, it's like a superpower. Though. It is. I'm kind of jealous. It's like on Mean Girls when a... she can tell when it's raining. Uh, <laughs> That's right. But a little less. Okay. Uh, a little more. A little safety there. Um. What else? You know, I was just gonna say that was so funny. So they showed that dramatic wind, and then all of a sudden, here's the part I like. You know, they had the big dramatic boom, lightning flashes. I mean, that was kind yeah. of like an obvious transition. But then, and then we go to this part. Yes. And I know, John. I know you like this scene. <laughs> Because that arm, that gigantic, most hugest, ugliest, oh, versus yeah. pulsating, pulsating oh, yeah. Darth Mark, dark mark. It's pretty. It gross. is. It like it, you can see. Like if you look at it, watch it again. It like, like she licks it. Thing, and it <laughs> it's it's oh, true. God. When you get a tattoo, it does. It, it does. This, Wasn't that an awesome? A little bit. Well, because it is a scar. Um, it does rise above your skin a little bit. Yeah. But I would imagine since yeah, but, it's a magic tattoo and it's like activating, it would be more like bump, bump, aggressive. Do you think like it takes on like a taste when it's activated though, and that's why she was she hadn't had it for so long? That's like what they cherry. do with the Death Theater marks. They 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 imbue them with taste so that if you get stuck in prison, you still have something to lick. Yes, there you go. Oh, <laughs> that's a weird sentence. It, it tastes like evil. I know, I know it is, Frack. Don't take it any further, okay? <laughs> Don't go any further with that. <clears throat> yeah. they, are, they are in solitary. One of those sentences that you come out with and you go, hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Not how I intended. So, <laughs> Bellatrix is licking herself. Then what happens? And then, blam! Somebody bombard a mysterious bullying explodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. They never yeah. say, like, how it happened, who did it. Obviously, Voldemort did it. I mean, come on. You'd think but... it was the Death Theaters or something. Well, I think the... the combination of was the... Was Voldemort flying by then? I don't know. I don't know I if he's flying so. by then, but the, the, the whatchamacallits, the Dementors aren't going to be, you know, they've probably switched allegiance by then. So they would allow them probably. to be able to use their magic a little more effectively. See, I wonder, I wonder what happened right after that part where Bellatrix is out there laughing. There's nothing but Dementors out there. So yeah. then, then she's like, okay, now what do I do? Exactly. I'm still stuck here in my this room. I can't jump. No wand. Her onomagus form is a butterfly, and she flew... Yeah, she, oh, was she would never. Right. She'd never be a butterfly. She'd be like a tarantula, I think. Yeah, she'd be yeah, something hornet. I could see her as a giant squid. Yeah. Oh god! Don't insult the giant squid. No. Oh, not the giant squid. A. Oh. Giant squid. Oh, but I guess it is. No, she's totally a black widow. She's she's a black widow, man. She's just gross. Okay, so so mass breakout from Azkaban. Somebody did a in? giant Cookie Monster chomp out of the Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Azkaban. The first time we saw it, the picture looked like it was on the side of a waterfall, but this just looks like it's in a swirling. Uh, I like the Azkaban. The big like the yeah. big triangle, just kind of in the middle of the ocean. Nice. It's like an A, huh? Yeah, an A. 
without the the crossbar or whatever that's called. I should know what that's called. I checked topography, but I forgot. It's been a couple of years. You should, Frack. Mm-hmm. Be cool. And then and then we have that, you know, and then they have another transition, you know, with the whole newspaper. I love thing, the newspaper montage cool. stuff. I don't know. But I liked it. Like I've said before a million be like- times, it's just because I like the typography in it. <laughs> so I kind of. Yeah, I just nerd out. Like, if you could, it's, it's like doing really? motion graphics on paper. It's like if you could print something and with the intent of it changing color and and scrolling, that'd be awesome. But you know, Wizarding World, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah. It's like a printable web page. Well, is that all we're we're, we're talking about we're this moving. week? Yes. So we can push yeah. on to some mm-hmm. mechanical stuff. Sweet. Can okay. Well, let's go to do some beat bobbers. Let's apparate out of here. Quick! Quick! Back to bit by bit, where we take a bit of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows and talk about it just a little bit at a time. And this week, we're still continuing on with our friend, Preacher. Who becomes our friend in this chapter. Yes, he does. Aww. He really does. He does. He does. He's the cutest thing. Little friend now. Little friend. I used to hate him so much. This was really... <laughs> I used to hate him I so much. I never hated Creature. Well, Five, I hated him. I didn't I've like him. I've always loved Creature. But this... Well, I had a hard time enjoying Creature once uh, the whole, like, oh, he tricks Sirius right. into... Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's lovely. Oh, who could blame him? I could blame him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I agree. Your sucks. <laughs> no, he doesn't suck anymore. Okay. Could you? Could you? Okay. Could you imagine creature like when the battle is done, trying to fend off all the house elves who want to give him the entire content of the kitchen to bring? Yeah, to Harry. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. like poor awesome. creature. He's he's attached to Harry, and everybody wants to thank him, and so yeah, he's get like out of here. Yeah, really cute. Anyway. Creature no like us. But she really changed changed it on our heads. I mean, she really took it, took everything and spent it right on our heads. And this chapter, or this part of the chapter, I thought was extremely pivotal and very profound and really moved yeah. me. I just was unprepared. Yeah, it was, it was just beautiful because it, it really validated um, the whole spew stuff that we've heard for like for three books. Yeah. Yeah. And just the whole fact that Hermione was, was she, you know, everyone's saying that she didn't understand the house elves. Like they don't mind working, yada, yada, yada. Like it's not slavery to them. They enjoy it. And everyone thought she didn't understand the house elves, but she understood them best. She understood that all he was doing was parroting the beliefs of the person who was nicest to him. And it's like, so you can't really blame him. It's just that, of course, he's going to like, it's all he's known is this aggressive behavior towards him. Of course, he's going to be with someone who's more gentle and nicer to him, or at least gives him the time of day and shows him affection. So he just parrots what they believe. I really enjoyed that, and it really validated the whole spew um, stuff for me, at least. Well, it's interesting, because it's not like he didn't fawn like crazy over Bellatrix Mm -hmm. and Mistress Black. You know, it's not like he was only fond of Regulus, but it's interesting seeing how Regulus's belief system, he just took that to be, like, the proper way. Yeah. And was the most loyal to Regulus. I'm sorry, this, this chapter really, like Sue said, it really, really got me. The idea that when Harry said well how did you get back and there was yeah. just there was, he's like what are you talking about my master told me to get back yeah like no oh, yeah you know that was interesting yeah. it was just kind of like what do you mean yeah what, there was no problem no issue i just i came back yeah. what you do? That was, and, it, and it was yeah. so cool too i liked how that was ron weasley that figured it out how he got back by the way you talk about spew yeah it's ron that yeah. figured out Aww. You know, he loves those house elves, pays attention to them. And later we learned. <laughs> or he just got lucky and stumbled upon the right answer. <laughs> no, no. But Regulus, like, he went into this, He, it, like Creature said, it was an honor mm-hmm. for him to volunteer Creature. It was what he thought was totally right. And it was only when Voldemort went back on his word or, or at least showed that he was going to be rude or <laughs> rude or murderous to yeah. creature yeah. <laughs> rude. <laughs> rude. How rude. Oh, rude. You're so rude that it was his affection to creature that turned that turned regulus around like that that's really touching to me yeah it's just really interesting because there's all this ideology in that regulus is parroting like creatures are less than humans than wizards wizards are the superior race etc yet when and he's fine with that and yet when it comes down to somebody 
you know, Voldemort leaving Creature to die on that island, that's what turns Regulus from those ways. And again, love was a downfall for Voldemort. Yeah. No. You know, and another thing about this chapter, which I just thought, and this is something that I really want to ask your opinions about to me, because my son talked to me about this chapter and it was really disturbing to him. I mean, the imagery in which he's writing, you're talking about him leaving this creature to die, creature, creature, to die. I mean, the inhumanity of that. And Andrew was extremely upset about that. But then he asked me this and I want to get your thought. Did Regulus kill himself? Did he willingly stay there to you die? You think he sacrificed yeah. himself? Was that a form of suicide? I so it, I don't know that he... No. He was dragged under by the fury. It's not suicide when you sacrifice yourself for someone else. But, but, but why didn't he tell Creech? I mean, and even well, suicide, really, you have to be... I mean, he didn't... I don't think he went there with the intention of... Dying? Of, it's like asking, did Lily commit suicide because right. she had the option to live? Right. No. Right, Frank. She he mm. he sacrificed himself for her, for his house elf, which is so so against what he was supposing to fight for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's like me. Well, it just shows that he was caught up in the glamour of it, not realizing what they were really about. Yeah, like you know, and it was just kind of, and it was just prestige, and he was so caught up, probably with the contrast to Sirius of pleasing his parents and being the proper Slytherin, the proper Black, mm. that he just kind of got caught up in this. I don't. I feel. I don't know the ritual. Rather than realizing what it was, and when he actually grew up and kind of thought of it for himself, and, and he couldn't embrace it, and he's like, "This isn't what I'm about." So, and you know, even I, I think Regulus was. I mean, was much more serious, uh, much close. Regulus and Sirius were very much the same person, mm-hmm. like, but just 55. different circumstances. Because, like, they both stood up, and they were both very bold and made sacrifices for the people they love. And even even knowing that creature has gotten back from that place alone by himself once before, and probably could do it again mm-hmm. he still sends creature home mm-hmm. but and you, sacrifices himself yeah it's just that you know my son didn't understand that at that point when you're reading it he's like well why couldn't regulus figured out a way to try and save himself too you know did he and he knowingly let those those you know dark creatures get him and it's just i thought that was extremely profound writing in her part i don't know I didn't know if any. And I think too, it's kind of one of those things that, like, you know, he's not stupid. He realizes what he's doing, and he realizes that the Dark Lord's going to catch up to him. So rather than giving the Dark Lord the satisfaction of taking his life, leaving it ambiguous, like you know, he mm-hmm. did it, and he he had his house house get away, and now at least it's going to put a kink in the in his plans. Because mm-hmm. like, if they look for him and they can't find him, you know, just take that that little bit of satisfaction away from his. I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting how that only when it comes home to them, when somebody close to them is hurt, do what they're really standing for. Strike. You know, only Bellatrix, crazy Bellatrix, is the one who said that she would offer up her own son and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But look, you have, you have Regulus with Creature, Narcissa with Draco. You know, they're all, they're, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. They can, they can spout it. But when it comes, when their ideologies affect their own, that's when they, that's when they lose sure. it. Totally right. That form of hypocrisy, I don't mind, though. Well, if it's going to cause them to, yeah. to, <laughs> <laughs> to not kill people, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, I don't know why my voice got so high, but whatever. John, you've been quiet. I'm just deep in thought, <laughs> which isn't helpful on a podcast. No. You know? <laughs> no. Where, when are you, where did you guys, like, kind of, I know that we had talked about this theory even before the book came out, about that, that, it, that is kind of what had happened to Regulus, and I think a lot of people were kind of pleased when they read that, but at the same time, I just remember being so sad and just horrified when I was reading. I didn't want that part to be true, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It definitely had me thinking more about how everybody had been treating Creature and how misunderstood he'd been this whole time. I mean, not being able to tell anybody about any of that, having to live with that secret. That would drive anybody crazy. I don't care what you are. That's true. And the fact that he couldn't do the one last thing that his master sacrificed himself to do. He couldn't figure out how to destroy the stupid locket. So it's like that God that had to drive him crazy. So do you yeah. think that that, Very good point. that that is why Regulus sacrificed himself? Because he knew that if he went got away with a locket, he might A, not be able to get it open, B, be findable by Voldemort, so Voldemort would retrieve that locket. So maybe he thought that That's true. the magic binding Voldem- creature to the locket would protect the locket from being found by Voldemort. That's interesting. Yeah, and Voldemort thinks creature's dead. Right. 
So like that's a very good point. You know, like like there's that that strong magic saying my master told me not to tell anybody about this. My master told me to destroy it. It's almost I feel like it's almost like a secret keeper thing. Like Voldemort cannot find it. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, you you wonder, too, we still have never understood what that potion was. You know, and that here poor creature had suffered so terribly. And you wonder what I Regulus, it, you know? Yeah. I think it made you live, relive your worst memories. I think it made the, Dumbledore relive the yeah, what I happened at his grave, at the grave of his sister. Yeah. Um, with Grindelwald and, you know. Not, when Grindelwald. Yeah, and if not your worst memory, it'll just, I think it'll, like, it'll just cause your worst fears to, uh, yeah. like, to... Yeah manifest themselves yeah. whether it's like like kind of like a bogger you know boggart's just become the scariest that would make but... sense that would fit the theme mm -hmm. mm. oh and then creature i mean like the, he 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 tries to bow to them and he gives yes. him, he gives a little spasm at hermione like he's try, he's trying you know yeah <laughs> poor creature just a little love and boom he's yeah he's he got back. that locket <laughs> back and it was just such a well something that belonged to his master that he loved so dearly and he'd suffered all like you were talking about he'd suffered all this with that knowledge all this time and that's simple. Huh? I wasn't expecting that turn. That was for sure. It was really kind of cool to see. No. Yeah. It's amazing. This huge war is raging, and in the hard center of the resistance of of the good guys, the biggest thing to make a difference is three people comforting and and caring after a poor little house elf. It's not some big act of heroism. Mm -hmm. Like the biggest act in this war at this moment is just sitting with this little elf while he cries. Right. You know. Amazing. Yeah. Small yeah. act of kindness can have great ramifications, and that's wonderful. I think that's a wonderful lesson for children, too. I mean, let's, like Andy, we talked about this for a long time, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Really true. One good deed is worth a thousand brilliant theories. It is. It really that's is. Quote, always <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Is that enough for this? Yes. Chapter? Yes, it is. I think we're ready to talk about what's your face. <gasps> Our ex-staff member. <laughs> Miss Sybil. Love her. All right. Awesome. Today's podcast is brought to you by AudibleKids.com, the Internet's best source for audio children's books. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like Pottercast. And now you can find children's books there as well. Log on to AudibleKids.com slash Pottercast to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, go to AudibleKids.com slash Pottercast for your free audiobook. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? Again for Canon Conundrums. Canon Conundrums. <laughs> Are you mad <laughs> on a night like tonight? Sorry. Okay. Guys. No. What are we conundruming about this we time, are, ladies and our, gents? Our, our Sybil recent, Trelawney. recently departed staff member, Sybil Trelawney. The drunk. That was some, we should tell everyone that and, who actually may not turn their computer on that day why she's our ex-staff member. On April 1st, she joined us on staff and she gave us all bad news <laughs> tips and, and predicted news that was already out there and... You know, she, did she have any moments of clarity where she got a crazy voice on and predicted something like insanely accurate? No, I heard towards but the end she, she said something like, "I'm going to be fired and leaving the sh leaving," but it was really weird. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it feeling. was really weird. But she was she was drinking on the job. We had to get rid of oh, her. Sherry but um, We thought we'd we'd figure out what house she was in here today. Oh, okay. Hufflepuff. I actually agree with Hufflepuff. you on this, John. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. You know. For some reason, my let me let me disguise my shock. Okay, huh? <laughs> I know, sorry, I'm just I'm in total shock over here. That Sue thinks that she was a help. I, so, yeah, I think we can immediately rule out Gryffindor. <laughs> That's true. Um, for some I reason, I always not, assumed not Gryffindor, she was Ravenclaw, but I have no idea why. Because I actually think about I'm it, I'm with you. Like just intuitively, it's just it's just like Ravenclaw. I just assumed like she wasn't Ravenclaw. Me too. And I don't, I don't, I can't. Why do you think so? There's, I don't think she's particularly brave. Okay. I don't think there's anything about her that's overly mm. ambitious. I don't think she really pushes for the stars there. I, I don't, I don't see any any scraps of of hard work or loyalty. It's not that she's not a loyal person. There's just nothing to show us. You know, I mean, the battle, but 
it wasn't just it wasn't just Hufflepuffs fighting in the battle. Um, I just think that she is when she does get in her little mode, she is very clever about the way she goes about things. The things that she says are sometimes true, sometimes not. And she's like Miss Cleo. She always says something that's that's <laughs> just vague Cleo. enough that it's going to be true no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know that's a good point. Like she is rather clever about the predictions that she kind of um, makes up on her own. And I, I think yeah. it's hilarious that whenever um, she makes a proper prediction, she's like, that can't be right. Like when she was um, right, exactly. in the sixth book, when she's reading the, her cards and it's, it's early in the book too, when Harry's hiding behind something and they're like a dark haired boy. It's like, that can't be right. And then yeah. he's like right there. And then the lightning struck tower. That can't be right. And it's like, right. It's hilarious. See to me though, but those are reasons why she's a Hufflepuff. She doubts her own. And Why? see, no, this is not, I'm not disparaging my own house, but I just don't think, I think that sometimes that intelligence isn't something you normally equivalent to Hufflepuff and you just kind of go along and just say, oh, well, that can't possibly be right. But yes, she still does these things. And I, so that's why I think she's more. I don't think that's a Hufflepuff. I don't think it's a Hufflepuff. I don't think doubt in well, yourself no, is a Hufflepuff. No, I'm just saying, but yes, she keeps, Sue. no, but I'm just saying, my point wow. is, no, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying that she says, oh, well, that can't be right. But yet she still persists in her beliefs of whatever she's doing. I also think that, she, you know, I mean, she just never gives up. Okay. Everybody mocks her. She doesn't, you know, I mean, she could have just gone and given up and everything. So I think that to me is like, she's just going to kind of, kind of keep plugging right along. I mean, I thought at first she was see, maybe a Ravenclaw, one. but I, I don't know. And I also see her. I'm not with you on that because by that by by the, by that reasoning, then everybody hates Snape. Then he's a Hufflepuff. Sure. <laughs> by that reasoning, <laughs> no. people doubt Dumbledore. No. Then he's a Hufflepuff because he doesn't okay. just pack it in. You know, yeah. Yeah. Hagrid's clearly a Hufflepuff because he doesn't. He he does come out of what his. What house of was his Hagrid after? Is it there? He's Gryffindor. Yeah, Damn. Totally. But yeah. see, another reason why. Well, I mean, was that mentioned in canon? I think she said no. it in a chat, either, right? Um, Did she say it Did somewhere? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't Did know. Did she say it? I think she said, well, I mean, she, he speaks for Gryffindor at yeah. the end of book six. That's so. true. And then he was the honorary head of, yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah. Um, that's, that, that's, anyway. But I'm um, going back to Trelawney. I, for some reason, I always, Hufflepuffs just have the more, more substance. You know, they're, like, their element is earth. It's just they're, they're there. They have, you know, they have grit. They're just kind of, and Trelawney is a little too flippant for me to be a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. And she's up in the tower. Well, she relies. She relies on things other than reason and and work. She relies on some some mystic connection to the beyond, which that to me says she says it's a total non Hufflepuff. Yeah. Like you said, there, there. Well, you know, are. I think that's a good yeah. point. I guess my my reasoning why I'm, I instantly thought she was a Hufflepuff is that she just teaches everybody. Okay, y'all are going to be great divination. Y'all are just going to do this. And and no, she kind of no, uh, I know she's kind of railed into her mind either. Yeah. Your soul is dry as, as the pages of the books you desperately I mean, cleave. No, yeah, no teacher, including McGonagall, has ever been so vicious about a student's lack of talent uh, in a particular uh, well, arena. Snape Maybe has, yes, Snape. let's please, yes. He's much worse, Snape, he, much he, he worse. Snape has. Even if but it's not even Snape. called for. But like with Hermione, she did wasn't very good at it, but well, yeah. Okay. Maybe she's not. You know, just because Hermione doubted her, she said, you know, I, 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 your aura is murky. And, you know, she gets defensive. It's It's not very... I, I guess uh, for some reason I would. Uh, well, this is gonna anyway. Yeah, never mind. What? Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> like Ravenclaws. I would. They would. I would imagine they would think high of themselves, not in a bad way. I, you yeah, know, yeah. like confidence. In, in a little bit. I'm a little bit pompous. Well, that doesn't you know, mean just because you're lie. smart doesn't mean you're arrogant and rude either. <laughs> so you I'm know, awesome guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to be arrogant, and rude, and be I'm smart. Kidding. That was horrible. So that's we need to take out. I feel bad now. You know. I don't know. I'm gonna stop talking. No, what do you think? What's so I was you thinking? Out. John should say something. I'm trying to think of how she could be a Slytherin, but there's no way. <laughs> as much as I'd love to call her one, there's, there's, they, they. She I get this one. Well, I'm just no, I just, I don't know. There's but, also I mean, an air. I thought, I thought just, you know, I, I thought I could immediately rule out Slytherin and Gryffindor, but I don't know. I mean, she was, she was pretty, pretty brave. At the battle, lobbing she her was. crystal balls. But so was Neville. Although again, he's Gryffindor. He's I, always, Gryffindor. I always think of Neville as a bystander Hufflepuff in my head. It just no. Well, yeah, I think, but I know he's like the true Gryffindor. Well, he is. But Joe I mean, told I always, us she was the tri- be. like the four, him and the trio do kind of break up a little bit because like Ron would probably be Gryffindor if, and then Hermione Ravenclaw, then Harry Slytherin, and then um, 
uh, Neville Hufflepuff, if you had to like kind of see what houses they would have been in to. either, yeah. I would think it'd be that way. Even though I think Ron's kind of Hufflepuffy as well. He's very loyal. Puffy. I don't know. I still... But Sybil, I mean, there's also the she's constantly compared to like like bugs, and she's in that tower. It's got a very she's got a very air element mm-hmm. to her, and I feel like that's Ravenclaw as well. Yeah, Ravenclaw's you know? element's air. Yeah, I would think I, if I had to pick, I would pick Ravenclaw just just because for um, you know some of some of the more of the same reasons why I agree with Luna being a Ravenclaw. It's just that um, that quest for. For knowledge, be it the bizarre or That's the true. obscure. Yeah, like her knowledge is the knowledge yet to be delivered, but her quest is to get there first to, you know, like to she figure it out. over it, exactly. So it's it's the wanting to know But I don't see that, that when a Trelawney at That all. no one else does or that you don't already. I don't see already. that at her at all, good, though. That's a good argument. I mean, Trelawney does not seem, want to seem that she's seeking out to learn and practice and, and you know, hone her her you know, fortune telling skills. It seems to me that she's maybe she's haughty in the sense that she thinks she has it right, but I don't see her like actively. I don't know. We always, when we see her, when, when Harry sees her a couple of times, when nobody's looking at her, she's doing the tarot yeah. and trying to discern I mean, what it means. She has to practice. Which, when nobody's looking, <laughs> know. you know? Yes. But she's, I mean, but she's clearly like yearning knowledge, whether she's practicing or not. She's clearly trying to ascertain knowledge that yeah. she doesn't have. You know, it's just the nature of her her profession, mm-hmm. the yeah. nature of her skills. Of, of divination, it's the it's the knowledge of the future. It's knowledge, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Whether or not you're good at it, that's what she kind of yeah. sucks at it. Yeah, but notwithstanding, <laughs> I don't know. No, but I could totally see her in the Ravenclaw Tower, just sitting there, like kind of like staring around, you know, yeah. trying to. Yeah, I just, huh. I guess this is good for me because I always assumed she was Ravenclaw, just like, yeah, Ravenclaw. But then when I actually sat down to think about the details, I was like, why don't I think Ravenclaw? But this is very helpful for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sold. I'm pretty, I'm pretty convinced. Um, you clearly, but I'm not. I am, I'm not. I said that. So, so think she's no, a I'm just not. I'm All not right, completely well, sold one, on Hufflepuff. No, think. please don't put words in my mouth. mouth. I'm not completely sold that she's not. 100% a Hufflepuff because you did bring up some good valid points. So there might be some elements of Ravenclaw in her. So I, I'm actually, now I'm more undecided yeah. than I was She can before. be a, a Ravenpuff. She could be. Yeah. A Ravenpuff. Ooh. Or a Huffleclaw. Well, we know uh, she's not a, a Slither Griffin. No Slither Griffins. She's a what? She's not a Griffin or a Slither. <laughs> okay. She's not a Slither. She's not a Slithering Griffin. Yeah. Or a Griffin. All right. Geez, those are confusing. So, okay. I'm thoroughly convinced and confused. I'm not confused. I have clarity. Which means it's a canon conundrums, and it's time to go. <laughs> okay, goodbye. It's the drums. It's the drums. So, John, we heard from our friend Cheryl this week. <gasps> we did. Cheryl. We did. She said to, to, to let you know... And I quote, I listened to podcast last night and you can just tell that co-host of yours that T's aren't tied to age, but to wisdom, which means uh. really I should have 10 T's by now while he would be known as Ho John. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, if he begs my forgiveness, I may deign to grant it. Oh, <laughs> Dane. <Cheryl. that's> <laughs> well, this Surely. is Cheryl. She has words. That's funny. Cheryl. And it's ho, Cheryl not in the lascivious sense, but ho in the sense there's no T. So it's lacking the, the absence yes, of wisdom. Yes, lacking T. Yes. Ho, John. I love it. Quite amused. <laughs> Who would have known <laughs> John's a ho? Just kidding. John the ho. I was no indication of that. <laughs> That's not what I heard. I'm just saying. What? Oh, 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 no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> she hey, went man. there. I did. I'm sorry. Okay, we'll move along. Oh, wow, Sue. Wow. <laughs> claws are out. Oh, man, he... The badger's out. You know. Okay. I'll be good. Badger's out of the bag. Yeah. Um, um, on a silly note... Yes. Ooh. The other day, I was subbing, and I drew Wandy Corn on the board, and I had a bunch of the kids, because normally when I sub, I'll draw a picture on the board with my name. And they're like, what's this? And I was telling them, oh, it's Wandy Corn. And they're like, oh. And then I got to thinking, does Hogwarts have substitutes? 
and I really want a sub at Hogwarts now. Awesome. So you think that they would need substitutes sometimes, you know? Yeah, I mean, playing. Grubbly Plank was a substitute. That's right, Grubbly they Plank did. Substitute. And yeah. you know when Remus couldn't make it, you know, to his oh, class. Snape. Well, Snape. Yeah. But then who would take his classes? I guess Me. the schedule's aligned. Just kidding. Yeah. So I want to be Mr. Franco or Professor Franco oh, cool. at Hogwarts. Professor Franco. You think? That's awesome. <laughs> I wonder if the Dumbledore ever substitutes at any point if it's necessary. Could you imagine how cool that class would be? Yeah. You'd be I always wanted Dumbledore to teach uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts at some point. Oh, that'd be so cool. Oh. He couldn't do it, though, because he knew it was, it was cursed. So if he taught it, he'd have to leave Hogwarts. Dun, yep. dun, dun. Oh. Well, once he knew he was going to die, he should have taught it in the sixth year. Uh, that would have been that, been, that been a nice twist. And that could, there you was, know? oh, good thinking. Dang it. I steal trap up here sometimes. Aww. Yeah. Totally. He he should have done it. I'm so, so how do you say their names? Was it, it was still cursed when the Caros, the, the evil twin brother, sisters, whatever they were. The Caros. Yeah. Yeah. So it was still I cursed so. then? And that's a random yeah. question, yeah. but I think the but curse that was, probably I mean, Voldemort only breaking that the Voldemort's gone. But yeah. okay, I'm just random. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It, it does bring up the questions of which magic ends when you die and which doesn't. Like permanent sticking terms don't end. Yeah, anything that has the word permanent in the term, I guess, would be okay. Permanent maxima. <laughs> yeah. permanent, maxima. permanent maxima. Um, I would imagine though, like for this curse that he did, it's because he wanted to teach it. And now that he is no longer able to teach it, that it wouldn't stick. Like when he was alive or not dead, unquote unquote, you know, it was different because he was still tied to the surf. So I think some of his spells that were more complicated remained intact. But like when he died, like the intention of him teaching it is no longer possible because he no longer exists. But I think it's getting into the, the metaphysical aspects of spell work. A little too much. It's a little heavy-handed for the drums. We need something more light-handed, light-hearted. Well, how about an update on the acting troupe? Please? That's a good Ooh. thing to talk about. Yes. Anybody audition for that? I think we had a few, few dozen of good auditions in there. We were going to start uh, playing those, I believe, next week. Nice. Have all kinds of fun with that. And the story is coming along really well. Uh, the outline for it, Meg, Meg uh, sends her best. And says that uh, she is getting really into the story, and she's. She's loving um, Albus Severus. Yeah. And um, can we have a refresher on the premise? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Keep us because I, I don't know. Okay. But uh, no, the premise is that this is a story taking place um, somewhere around uh, epilogue time. Nice. With uh, these folks, and we're casting those characters, and she... uh, maybe the four of us might be a character. Who knows? <laughs> I'm gonna be Rose. She sent me. Um, <laughs> Meg and I have a have a have a have a long history of talking out canon behind the scenes stuff with each other. So she sent me um, a couple of emails and we started talking like like thirty pages or something of 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 hashing out what would happen. And it's it's um you wait she she brings the goods, Meg. Very excited. I'm excited to to hear it. So we shall get moving on that next week. I will be in New York next week with Melissa so we can hassle each other while she's trying to write something. You know, seriously, you're always here when I'm trying to work. I have a deadline of April 21st. I should be doing nothing else right now but finishing my book, and you're going to be here. So I'm going to be me. Oh. So, you know. <laughs> Lame. I will leave. No, you can just, just have to stay out of my way. Okay. Mushko, <laughs> big guardian of a battle royale. Yeah, you can you can put up my my, my blinds. I'll I'll buy my blinds. You can put them up, and you can get you can get you can get uh, ingredients every day for what we're going to cook that night. Oh, um, perfect! Let's make salsa. That was no. <laughs> <laughs> Did we ever tell that story? Two times I've been to Melissa's. I, we go to her little grocery store produce section. Like, let's make Ukraine. salsa. So we get the peppers and the, and the onions and the, everything to so make and salsa, tomatoes. and it just sits in her fridge the whole week. <laughs> We want to buy the ingredients, and then we're like, "Oh, now we have to make the sauce." Yeah. Well, you wow. should make darn good guacamole. I want to try some of this guacamole. Project. I've been on this guacamole kick for last month. Any guacamole I get my hands on, I just inhale, which is horrible. No, it's so fattening, but it's good fat at least. You have it's no idea how to right Melissa, don't yummy. talk about that when you're that far away. You can't talk about it. <laughs> John knows how to make it. He can make it for you. No, it's not What's the same. That, guacamole? Yeah. 
I've never made it before. I have no idea. Same. We need a Nelly hands to prepare it. I say my guacamole like like it means anything. Anybody with hands can make this. I made guacamole once. I'm doubting my my cooking of produce after today. Pork guacamole. My poor artichoke. Those are expensive. They're like four dollars each. These darn things, and they're destroyed. I probably got maybe ten percent of uh, the fruit out of them combined. Fruit? Someone failed at herbology today. (laughs) No, get me out of here. We were talking about how cooking is a lot like potions class, and it was fun. It is. We were crushing garlic and then dicing it properly, and then when I stirred the sauce, I stirred it three times clockwise in one counter, let it simmer until it changed color, character Mm -hmm. took a swirl, steam, I don't know. Hey, is there an update on our Friends for Sale little contest thing? Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. As of this recording, we have four different people owning us, which is not... Well, let's let's double check one more time. Maybe someone has at least two of us, and they, uh, they can I'm, win. Alejandro Martinez owns me owns me right now. He bought me for two hundred and six thousand dollars. I'm flattered. That's nice. A, now, everybody, let's 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 just remember who owns this me. Real money. We're not asking you to spend any of darn yeah. money. <laughs> Thank God. Emily Ward <laughs> owns me. Facebook money. Um, I'm owned by somebody named Sarah Arant. Well, she's been. They've been going back and forth buying. Buying. Sarah bought me. Oh, if she, only Sarah owned me right now, she'd probably win. But it's all it's each person's owned by someone else. Oh, does Sarah own Sue? Yep. So well, the contest will carry on until next week. Well, who is who owns Susie? Um, last I wrote down was oh, uh, is it still Lauren from Lauren? Yes, Rose? yes, it Yay. is. Nice. She bought you for like about one hundred and thirty thousand. No, Sue's up to yeah. like hundred and something. Oh, Kara owns you now. One hundred thirty. One hundred thirty. Yeah. I thought you just said thirty. I'm like, what? No. Still have issues with this and whole thing. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I'm thrilled that because I love Weird. Lauren, but I mean, like people still. But th- you said they couldn't make you do anything. But you, it says, "Welcome to Friends for Sale." Using Friends for Sale, you can buy and sell your friends, make your newly purchased pets, poke, dropkick, and karate chop your undercover <laughs> friends. Yes. Karate chop? I, I, I like to make all of my pets flirt. Tickle, spank, other things to each other. It's fun. Well, I don't get that. I, I did not get permission. I've made I've made Jason flirt and pinch about you know half a dozen people already. <laughs> Jason who? Huh? What? Jason who? Jason Mason and McDonald, our friend out here with pink hair. You'll you'll see. Maybe anybody who logs into uh Jordan McDonald. No, Jason. Oh, okay. Whose last name is also McDonald? I, I, I think it was. I guess. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. No, this is a weird little game. It was weird. No one won. You guys weren't aggressive enough. I gotta enough. buy someone. Aww. Can I buy Emily? Can I buy my owner? You can. That's that's very common. Ooh, People I'm buy gonna do that. Other. Hey, Alejandro, I'm coming to get you right now. Hold on. Sweet. Let's do this. I bought him. <gasps> Gasp. Oh, I just no. bought someone. Uh, Melissa. No. He was only a thousand dollars. He's only a thousand. That's it. <laughs> Melissa, don't make Sucks. him feel bad. Gosh. Well, it just means a lot of people haven't bought them yet. Set them all free. Maybe this will help. It's just so wrong. You know what's crazy is that you can. You can set them free. <gasps> you can. And you lower their value down to $500. Oh, I was going to set them free. If you, no, no, no. You don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, that's an insult. <laughs> so I'm, I'm totally would lose, lose if I played this game. Is this what you're saying? <laughs> I you hit the button. You would lose all the hundreds and thousands of value you've accumulated. Ooh, I want to buy someone I don't like and then set them free. <laughs> no, that's me. <laughs> terrible. John's been around me too long. The Slytherin well, getting then, well, okay. then you lose all I your own money, now. too. How do, I, how do I make him do something? <laughs> you, gotta poke, you, gotta, you, you find the person you want to poke or whatever, and then you say poke <laughs> them, and then you say, who, who do you want to poke them? And then you select any of your pets. <gasps> and then you say, what do you want to do? And you'd be like, oh, I want to hit him in the head with the frying pan. And then if it's in there, you can do that. <laughs> what? How do you do that? That's terrible. Yeah, well, there's a little drop down, and it says, you know, let's make uh, Jason... Um, Jordan or whatever and then you click it and then it does it what how do you do that wait it's all very confusing I'm, okay so wait yeah. I'm gonna do something right now hang on uh alright wait no what do I no okay wait how do I do this tell yeah, I me just, again I just bought Lewis here okay so I'll say I wanna go to um 
I'm going to go to Jason. Okay, I'm going to say poke Jason and drop down. Like, who's going to poke Jason? I'm going to say Lewis. And I say, what do, you, what do you want him to do? It Like, um, let's say, um, give a wet willy. <laughs> and you click that one. And then Lewis just gave Jason a wet willy with his <laughs> tongue. <laughs> a wet willy with your finger. Oh, well, what's a wet with, with with your tongue then? You get your finger wet and you, you spit on your finger and you put it in someone's ear. Blech. Oh. Okay, Alejandro just drop kicked you. Ah, oh. this is not right. <laughs> it's fun. Anyway, what's something the hell very are we doing? wrong we're about spend this? Five minutes about this, <laughs> but, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And there's there's links on podcast.com to it if you want to uh, check it there out. There are. I, I just in my profile because <laughs> I'm a hoe. Like you Cheryl put it says. in your profile on podcast. I don't have a profile podcast. Yeah, you need yeah. one. We'll set you up. I'm sad. You put it in your profile on podcast. No, I, I put it in the show notes. It never ends. It you just are never terrible. ends. <laughs> I need to keep <gasps> cooking. Are we goodness. done? This is silly. Okay, go cook. Goodbye. Everybody keep twiddling the freaking dials. Keep twiddling them dials, kids. The next password will be artichoke. Oh. <laughs> keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good, Good night. night. We've missed it. Dobby is free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> this week's Pottercast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. Thanks to our Scooby 5 team, Aaron and Nina, and thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com. Just on the map Double O-T-P-G-A-N-G At Grimmel Place We be chillin' On the streets We're killin' villains Wave the wand Drop the beat I shop in your skills Like a werewolf's teeth I'm the secret keeper At Grimmel Place You have to drop the magic Once you get to these gates Scoffing down rats cause they gotta eat me I gotta admit, them things ain't palatable Takes all I got to stuff them in my mandible I hate harming innocent creatures I wish I could go back to being a teacher Now let's hear from the man Who's integral to my final plan His name is Severus, you cannot mess with this Is he good? Is he evil? Is it possible he's neither? I even let him kill me, such a masterful deceiver I'm Snape, Snape, Severus Snape I'm grim and I'm slim and I wear a dark cape I'm not a fan of children, but mostly Potter, the arrogant hotshot Hogwarts squatter. He's got no talent, he's all dumb luck. They say he's just like his father. Yeah, they both suck. So anybody with a brain can see the little brat just bothers me. I passed the mic to my brother, an original member of the order. An admiral dude whose lifestyle's crude, here to lend you some advice on living your life, Abe. Oh yeah, Abe before Dumbledore here, gonna give you a big thank you and a big shout out for the newest gang and the best of people that we got riled up over here and the name of our group is known as the Order of the Goats. Let me hear you say! Well,
when he's on the mic. In a battle, he's got nothing, cause I'm out of sight. Voldemort can't rap, Voldemort can't rhyme. He's a handicapped rat to help him keep time. Time is now, the place is here. The power of love is what Voldemort fears.